Welcome to another episode of the Bench Time Podcast, presented by HO Scale Customs. Now buckle up, you fine scale freaks. What's up, and welcome to episode 42 of the Bench Time Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley of HOScaleCustoms.com. This week's episode is brought to you by our patrons, and we want to thank our newest patron, Jim Walsh. He became a patron, so he'll now have uh, content to... Oh, I'm sorry. Access to exclusive content only on our Patreon page, and uh, I'll send him an invite to our members-only Overtime at the Bench podcast uh, Facebook group. So thanks, Jim. Thanks for becoming a patron. And as always, you guys are what keeps our show going. So awesome. We appreciate it. Uh, This week, we will not have an Overtime at the Bench episode, but I think I will have, we have some things going on, but I will be hopping on to a live patron-only, either a live Facebook on the group or uh, a live video on Patreon but either way, we'll get it done, and right. there will be a live video this week instead of um, a new patron-only episode. So cool, um, cool. Just a lot. Yeah, I'm sorry, I won't be able to join there's you. There's a lot going on. But- yeah, there's a lot going on this week, and uh, we'll do a live video instead. So sounds good. I'll put and, the details up. To hello, that. Jim. I'm just welcoming Jim as well. Oh yeah. So thanks a yes. lot, Jim. And we'll have yes. de- we'll have details out um, about the live episode a little later. Uh, I, later in the week, but I, that'll be yeah. that'll be in our patron only Facebook group. Um, and if you're a patron, you can check it out. If you want access to that, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash ho scale customs and get access to our members only content. We might actually start doing a couple live videos for only patrons. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, um, I like that idea. Short, like half hour ones, but it'd still be fun. Um, we could do that. I mean, I'm, I'll tell you one thing. We're we're starting to get a little better at doing the uh, live builds and on Facebook. And I think we also, um, you know, that I think that'll be something, you know, it's growing. Hopefully that'll morph into something. Maybe we can do as well. uh, Live on YouTube. I've seen that done on YouTube before as well. So maybe we can figure out how that's done there as well. We'll figure Um, it out. I love the I love the live builds They're, they're a good time. Um, a lot of interactive work with the with the uh, listeners out there and people that you know own, own different groups and such that are into model rotating. People coming in, with, I, I seem to think we pick up uh, some new listeners uh, as a result. <clears throat> um, you know, it, it's been busy. I mean, we did one last night. Uh, they're very they they're a lot of fun. I mean, we we got actually we got a lot of work done last night. So right. well, and if you um, wanna if you want to get notifications of when we're doing a live video or when we jump on a live video, you need mm-hmm. to head on over to our Facebook page and give us a like and a follow on there. Um, and then when we go live, you'll get a notification on your phone or wherever you're on your computer. But it'll, you'll get a notification on your Facebook app that we are live. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was it's pretty good. I mean, people were asking questions, and we're answering them when we can and what we when we know how, and and uh, it's 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 pretty cool. And we actually learn from them as well because they sometimes have good ideas. Uh, uh, I, I noticed that that's happened quite a few times. So right, um, but yeah, it's been busy. I mean, uh, this week's been busy, and, um, and we were busy on the layout on Friday. We did that. Uh, we did a recording there as well, and then we did layout work and. Uh, last night we did the the um, 
the uh, live build. And then, of course, we're recording tonight, and it's a little early, but we got busy plans this week. And yep, yep. there's more stuff in the future, too. So that's, that's good. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what are we going to jump into uh, this week? Well, um, well, I, you know, one of the things I want to talk about uh, was, um, well, why don't we start with what we're building right now? I mean, um, okay, you, I'm not building anything. Well, you were working on the layout. Can you tell yeah. them about what you were doing on the layout? Yeah, I can. I was, uh, again, just doing some water stuff. As usual, water. I've been working, I'll be working on water for a while right now just because there's a ton of it. Um, I was doing a little bit of weathering on the Faircloth oyster plant, which you guys are probably tired of hearing of. But just but the some, roof looks, the roof looked awesome when you did that, by the way. It does. I just put some rust and stuff on it. So I got that done and, uh, I will be uh, wrapping up Faircloth oysters. I'm done building it. I'm really not building it anymore. Yeah. Um, but, but that, it's like a dark rust. It's not like a regular rust. It's like it's like a brownish rust. It's, it's right. It's definitely it's very definitely unique. It know? is. It's cool yeah. though. Um, so mm-hmm. I have that, and I have uh, I have uh, a lot of scenery to do. So I'm working on some scenery, and uh, my stuff's not too exciting because it hasn't changed much week to week over the last two weeks, um, just yeah. because of its size. It's just a large. It's just a lot of. It's a lot of scenery to do. So. Right, uh, it, and it's a lot of base work right now, so it's kind of boring just building up base layers and layers of water. Well, that's exciting. It is, but I'm just saying, <laughs> as far as uh, if I took a picture today and I took a picture and compared it to Thursday night, it really didn't change very much, right? Because uh, it's just layering. Right, exactly. Now you're applying that by brush, yeah, just a brush. Okay, okay. And you put, and then on the rocks down below, you started putting a, like a muck line on it. I did. On I, the, I put a layer of uh, like a muck colored paint, and uh, I put some sand and stuff down as well. But oh yeah, 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 you did the sand. That looked good, by the way. It does. Yes. So and and, and it, it shows through. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say it spilled out a little bit over into the water, which makes it kind of cool. Uh, like the sand is thicker near the rocks, and then it gets thinner out near the water and fades out, so it looks like it's getting deeper. So yeah, I love that idea. I think that looks sweet. Yep. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's that's good stuff. We got the Friday night was pretty productive, and and I'm gonna get on that here shortly. Um. On my workbench is I am finally on the Danby sawmill, uh, made by Keystone Model Works, and um, it is board by board, and it has been some thirty years or more since I have done an actual board by board build from a kit and um you don't see many of them anymore everything seems to be laser cut um and, it, and of course this this uh board by board is an hour production kit but it's um it's it's butted up against the uh Foscale models um jay grove woodcrafters i talked about when we finished that part of the building but now i'm working this board by board and i started out um putting down the the footers which are basically risers that lift the thing off the ground so you can you know so small woodland animals can crawl underneath it and uh wreak havoc and whatever they do underneath things uh it's 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 raised it's basically a platform and the building's on top of the platform Mm -hmm. it's an old style sawmill um 
And then, of course, the directions on that are a little hairy, scary, helter-skelter because I don't really um, – they give a nice history of the sawmill itself because it is a prototype of some sawmill somewhere, I believe in New York. And and then, of course, um, the um, – but the directions are – are a little helter skelter and they're they're kind of written in big giant paragraphs that seem to be mushed together again. Right, another one of those kind of things. And oh, um, great. right, but then you know, as far as the build goes, I mean, everything seems to be matching up and cut right, and um, the templates are nice, um, but it's tedious. I mean, there's lots and lots and lots of little itty bitty um, boards, individual. One thirty-second inch boards by, you know, an eighth of an inch or a sixteenth of an inch, and there's a lot of those, um, and there's short ones, long ones. So I got to sit and sort them, and then the color markings on them are messed messed up somehow. It might just be because it's an out of production kit that some of the color markings on the end of the boards um, tend to <laughs> maybe they faded or something, but blues <laughs> look like browns and browns look like blacks and. So I'm having to measure each one and trying to get it, you know, put it into piles to make it, make sure I'm using the right ones. And yeah, we but, were talking uh, about that yesterday on the uh, live video. Yeah, uh, yeah. Somebody the, else brought that up. Yeah. <laughs> the the, uh, the confusion when uh, all of your <laughs> colors are the same on the. Yeah, end I think of it the... was Greg Baker brought that up there on there. And, he did. And um, it was, I, and then when he said it, I started pointing at my model right on the camera, like this is the one, this is the one, you know, because it's doing that. The biggest nightmare for me so far has been a there's these two pulleys. Uh they're they're lead cast of all things. These things are lead cast. So I'm not sticking my fingers in my mouth after I'm uh, working and toying no. with uh painting them and stuff. No. Um <laughs> but um definitely want to wash your hands well after you're done. Make sure these things get painted solid too. Uh but it's um it, it it's a the sawmill has a chain it wraps around these two pulleys and there may be, uh, I don't know. Um, I'm guessing about 12 foot, 12 scale foot, uh, in length. It goes underneath the, underneath the sawmill, uh, under the raised platform at, on one end, right around where under the, uh, under the saw blade would be. Mm-hmm. And then it, the chain itself loops around the pulley that's underneath there. It sticks into the, base of my of my diorama the, then the chain goes out from under it over to a tree stump that i had to paint and attached to the tree stump is another pulley these are real tiny itty bitty pieces and uh and i've got to wrap the chain around it and then re- and glue it together like a belt you know and the ca glue it, it holds, but the problem is the chain's a little unwieldy, and it's like all over the place. And like I said last night on the live build, it was like it was like trying to give a cat a bath, and it's like all over the place. And I'm trying to get the chain because it's flopping all over the place, and it's like laying in the. Uh, it's yeah, it would I get it laid down on top of the pulley wheel, and then it would flop off before I could actually get a, a little tiny. I have like these little those little. Um, uh, applicators, uh, applicator, brush. I just dropped them on the floor. So, yeah. <laughs> now you just made a mess. <laughs> bad, this is uh, bad this radio. Little, this is this bad little, radio. Yeah. This disp- disposable, uh, micro applicators. Uh, like we talked about, you have an article up about this and they're real tiny and they're real nice. They have like a little, little white, um, 
a little white uh, foam head on them, and you can and you can uh, apply glues and paints and stuff with them. Well, I use that because they're micro, and I can get the glue on right where I want it. Mm-hmm. But then the glue's on where I want it, and I want to put the chain on, and the chain's flopping everywhere, and it hits the glue at first, and it puts the glue, then the chain lands on your finger with the CA glue, <laughs> and be, and it's sticking to my finger. Now I can't, I'm trying to pull it off my finger. In the process, the paint that is on the chain, when I painted the chain, now the paint's coming off of the damn thing. Oh, I was so mad. And I was mad swearing and... And uh, I got it all to work, you know, and it looks really nice. And so what the chain does, it, it, you wrap it around it like a belt, okay, from one pulley to the next. And um, on the chain, as it supposedly is, uh, in theory, uh, the chain moves as, you know, I guess it's generated by a motor. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, it rotates the um, saw. As it rotates, it picks the sawdust up that comes off of the saw blade on up inside the sawmill drops down through the the track system where they where they they lay the logs on the track system the sawdust falls down lands on the chain and then the chain drags it out and throws the sawdust in a pile by the stump right and that's the way it's supposed to work you know well yeah so i got the chain all hooked up and i was trying to put the chain oh the the pulley that sticks into the foam base of my of my diorama um, which will be fit into the w- layout, by the way. Um, but I had to build this thing because of this chain pulley system. It's got to be this whole structure has got to be built on a piece of foam board. Okay, and so a piece of I have a one inch piece of uh, um, the uh, extruded foam uh, that you use for insulation. Anyhow, um, or gator board or something like that would work too. Right. So you know it. So. <laughs> You put the thing, you stick it in like almost like a pin, and I put a drop of glue down inside it to let it get solid, and um, and let it dry. Well, then I go to put the other the other end of this pulley, attach it to the stump, and you stretch it out taut, right? But when you do that, because the other end is in a piece of foam, it kind of pulls and tilts it towards the because you're pulling that way. Towards the, uh, even though it's in glue in the foam base, uh-huh. because the base is foam, it gives a little bit and it would uh, move towards the stump. And so my chain wasn't getting taut. So now I'm pissed about that. So then I cut a piece of. <laughs> we love little piece. chains, don't we? This, uh, is, this is worse than the, uh, than the uh, jib crane. For me, it was worse than the jib crane. I've uh, now found one that's more. And I'm sure there's way worse things out there. There may be more things like this, I'm sure. We'll run into them. So what I did was, on top of I pulled the thing out, the pulley out of the, out from underneath and uh, put a, a small wooden weathered board down, drilled a tiny little hole through it, glued the board down to the to the exact spot I need it, and then put the put the pulley uh, pin that holds that fits down into the, what would be your base uh, down into that little hole. And now there's no give. And uh, we're, finally I got it, you know, and then I just covered the board with some sawdust and stuff. So you can't see it, but I conquered it. It's just, you had to be, you have to use a little ingenuity and, um, but it's coming along nice. Now that that part's done, the rest is just laying the staining and lay, laying down the board work putting the other little die cast motor parts and the, 
and the rail tracks and all that stuff on. That's real easy. It's already painted, ready to go. It's just going to be, you know, gluing it on. And, um, but the board by board floor is done. The, the floor of the, of the saw house. And now I'm about ready to start building the walls. So it's coming along really neat. It's going to be, it's, I think it's going to be an attractive piece, but, um, I'm having fun with it. And, you know, that's kind of cool. I, I, I decided that while I'm working on it today, because it's Columbus Day and I was off work, uh-huh. I thought Lucky. I get some work done. Yeah. yeah, sorry about that. But, um, it, you know, I thought, you know, it would be when I'm out at these shows and stuff, I'm going to start looking for a couple out of production stuff that's made me this board by board because I'm finding it a fun little challenge. Uh, I, you know, don't get me wrong, I still want to do laser cut stuff, but. If there's some board by board buildings out there to construct, uh, even some that aren't out of production, uh, if your listeners would let us know what they are, I'll kind of look into them. See, uh, I'd like to pick a couple more up and try them out because I'm having fun with it. I mean, it's it's a little more challenging. Um, it's requiring me to do a little more cutting and measuring and things like that. But um, the end result is you get a nice look and you know that you accomplished it. And they, you know that you built this piece by piece, according to instruction, of course. But, um, yeah, it's cool. Fun stuff. It is. I'll be posting photos of what I've got done sometime this week. I enjoy seeing you work on it, and uh, it, it's turning out awesome. It's a lot of detail. It is definitely a lot of detail. Lots. But, yeah. but that's what makes it look good, so. Right, exactly. Very uh, cool. So, uh, we got a lot of response out of a post that we put up on Facebook uh, about when my daughter was down here painting in our, in the basement with us mm-hmm. on Friday. So I thought it was a cool opportunity to talk about us seeing our kids enjoy it or, or at least just being around, oh, excuse me, or being around model railroading and... Um, uh, and, and I think a couple people either was on our patron only page or on the, um, on the actual Facebook, we're just talking about, you know, kids being involved and, uh, um, it, it's cool to see. So if you aren't familiar with it on my Facebook, on our Facebook page, sorry, they, uh, we had my daughter down here painting and she was just sitting on the, at the table here beside the bench, um, just painting a picture, but she was down here hanging out with us painting and, uh, mm-hmm. it was a good time to just have all three of us in the basement and we we're all the picture my wife took all three of us were painting something at once. So it was kind of cool just to see that. Um, mm-hmm. and then a few patrons actually got on the, our group page and were sharing pictures of, you know, of their grandkids or kids working on projects as well. So, uh, it's just cool to see. It's kind of a neat, thing to see young kids uh, getting involved. And I know uh, one of our other listeners and also a patron, uh, Ken Anderson, uh, had posted a video on our Facebook page a few months ago about at being at a show and, and seeing a lot of youth at the show and a lot of younger people getting involved in the hobby. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, just, it was just a neat thing to see, and it kind of uh, was a special moment to have everyone down in the basement at once. Yeah, I mean, everybody seems to think that the hobby is, you know, like an old folks club, an old folks club. And, 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 you know, and as people are getting out of it, as they get older, or they can't do it anymore. That, that there's no new lifeblood coming in. And, and I believe there is. I, I think there is. It, right. I, 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 well, we I see it that, with um, we see mm-hmm. it with, you know, the people that listen to us. we got a lot of people my age right. 
late twenties, early thirties that are that are involved in our page and 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 involved on the the uh, the different Facebook groups that are out there. It's all ages from right. Early, early, you know, late teens, early twenties, all the way up through retirees at home. It's it's everyone. Yeah, and, and you know, here's the thing. That just as an example, on Friday night, your da- my granddaughter came down there, and your your daughter, of course, uh, came down there, and we had her. She came right up and she said, "Daddy, I want to, I want to, I want to paint. I want to paint something. Can I build something? Can I paint something?" And uh, you go, "Yeah, sure." And you sat her down, and you had to. You had your, um, you know, you got her some paints that, you know, of course you wanted purple and of course you wanted pink. And so you gave your purple and pink, which is fine because you're not, you know, you're craft paints. And you set her in front of a piece of corrugated cardboard. And just you know, as far as she knows, she was painting a wall mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. And she starts painting it up and down and, and you, you know, you put it in the paint in a little palette for her. And, um, you know, she went from purple and then she wanted pink and then she wanted black. Well, it wasn't, you know. She didn't know what she was painting. She's three, you know, almost four. She's four. So she's starting to paint and it's whatever. She was having a ball. Uh, she wanted to switch colors and then she wanted to, you know, and she, she, she was asking some questions and things like that. And I, I showed her how to kind of move her brush in a certain direction and not that that helped. <laughs> not right. that she did it. Yeah. It, <laughs> but um, you, can't, you can't be uh OCD yeah. about painting and brush strokes whenever it's a three year old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, I wasn't OCD about it. It was just the fact that, you know, I was just trying to show her the direction. She goes, I know, Pappy, I know. So, you know, and, and that's fine. Cool. I was just loving the fact that she was there. And it <clears throat> what happens is you introduced it to her. And that's what it takes. It's gonna take all of us out here uh, that are builders. And and people in the hobby, whether you're a fine scale person or if you're or if you're just a an operator, you like operations of trains, or if you're laying track or if you're doing electrical work, you know it's going to take you to go to that younger younger person, be right. it your grandkid or your kids or neighbors' kids or um, you know or you're at a club and you have people's kids there and you can help a friend's kids. Um, introducing it you need to introduce it to them and once they're introduced and they and they see that you're having fun with it and you're enthusiastic about what they're doing even if they're doing it wrong you know let's say you got a 10 year old kid and you have him hooking up wires and it he go by and he's got it messed up and you go and show him you you know laugh with him about it and say uh you don't say oh yeah yeah i messed that one up you don't right. want to make him feel that way you no, know they don't never Just, want to do it Right, exactly. Make them feel like they're a part of it and say, okay, well, you know, this is cool, but you could have hooked this one over here okay, and, and show that to them, you know, and you know, get them involved. And they, if they see that you're having fun with it, the people that they look up to you to anyways is you, uh, the modeler. I mean, it's your friends that you model with. They're the ones that, you know, they're there to be with you. So at least include them and make them feel part of it and make them feel fun with it. And you'll maybe you'll find yourself in a situation where like I'm in now where I'm, you know, 54 years old and my 29 year old son is is, uh, you know, heavily into model railroading. We made it a partnership basically of this. Yeah. And and, uh, you know, the enthusiasm, the enthusiasm came from uh, me introducing you this to at some point earlier in your life. And, you know, it's that's what it takes. And if we think that 
we could just expect them to say, oh, there's some people model railroad and I want to do it. That ain't going to necessarily happen. Right. Right. It's going to, you need to show it. You need to teach them. You know, we're responsible for that. Right. Everyone that is in the hobby now is responsible for continuing to keep it alive. Uh, especially if you have kids and if they don't take interest in it, whatever, they don't take Mm -hmm. interest in it, but there's a chance they could. And, uh, it, it's, it lives on. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think if you're a club out there, um, maybe, maybe introduce it to, if you have a club meeting on a special meeting night, uh, contact your local boy Scouts of America or girls, uh, girl Scouts of America and have them come in as a visit and see the model railroad layout, show the guys working, let them walk around, check it out. I think that would be huge to be able to see something like that for these kids. And I think that might spark some interest in these, in, in children, you know, that, that are out there. And, right. and it's not, it's not just that it, we all have a responsibility. Um, manufacturers, um, you know, gear some stuff to, to learning with ch- kids, make some, make some kits that are, that the think the kids would enjoy and that maybe in, maybe include this, the uh, some basic tool sets um you know uh, a hobby knife uh <laughs> well that might be tricky but <laughs> yeah um maybe you might want to not do that but you know put the depending put a, on the put, age put some glue in put a two dollar or three dollar bottle of glue in the into the box so you can go and get some little tiny bottles of wood glue um, like sample size wood glue or whatever, little mini bottles for like two or three bucks. Put it in your kit. Okay, you might have to charge a buck, a buck or two more for your kit. Uh, get a couple and put them in some of the kits that are basic um, with some basic tools, a pair of tweezers or something. Nothing overly fancy, something cheap. You could probably buy in bulk. Stick them in there. Get them a basic set to get them going. Maybe, maybe some of these tool companies are out there. Uh, could, or somebody out there could put together some toolkits that are, you know, for the beginner. Right. It has your basics. Now I had a, I had a gentleman contact me this afternoon while I was working, uh, on, on, on my workbench here. And, um, he's going to the expo we, that we keep talking about. He's a good modeler. Um, but he is going to the clinics at the expo this year in Albany. And he contacted me and asked, um, you know, if you know if I was going and everything. He's all excited about it. He just signed up, and he signed up for the Platinum Clinics, where they're going to get hands-on work with the clinics. Okay, now this is a this is a gentleman my age, and right. um, but he asked me, you know, what kind of tools do you take to that? And I was like, I think it's specifically based on whatever the which clinic you're in, the clinician, the clinic you're doing, the clinician himself contacts you once he gets the list that you're signed up for his clinic he tells you what you need you bring it but wouldn't it be neat to have a basic set made by some some manufacturer that can get a hold of tools tools or whatever as you sell your kits on your websites okay have a tools section where they can buy a beginner's kit and it has all awesome your basic idea. things okay and it has a and in that case, you could put a hobby knife in there or something like that and you know, put it in a little plastic case. And if they order the whole set and they're all set, they have everything they need. Now, this guy obviously is a good modeler and he right. has all the crappy. OK, he just wanted to know what, what he needs, what, what, he what needs I, to bring. I would recommend to bring. 
Um, I think what we should do, and maybe I'll work on that this week, is for our website, putting together a kit, a list of what I feel and what you feel are basic tools and ki- uh, that, that would be great to get you started in the hobby. Right. And I know there's lists out there online, but we're going to put one on the website directly on the basics so we can get people involved, the younger generation involved. Say, I, I have many friends when we do these live builds. I'm sorry if I'm droning on and on here. No, it's okay. And I got an idea to add to this. Okay. Well, as I'm, we're doing our live feeds, I have a lot of my personal friends that are on my Facebook account. That Non-model railroaders. Non-model railroaders. And they get on there and they watch. You know, They don't ever pipe in there or ask questions too much until after. And then they contact me personally, uh, privately, and they'll say, "Hey, Todd, how you know how much? You know, how much does it cost you to get into this? You know, what what do you have to do? What you know?" And I'll try and give them some basic ideas, and some of them are genuinely very interested in in maybe taking it up. I mean, they're getting to we're getting up in the you know these are people I'm friends with, so they're in their forties and fifties, and. And, um, you know, they're, they're maybe interested in, in getting involved. And uh, we need to provide that for the people to get involved. We can't just expect people to say, oh, look at that pretty thing. Well, I, I'd love to be able to do that, but I don't know where I'll go. Right. You know? Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is something that we need to all work together on and draw people in, draw the youth in. And um, I think that when well, you and I went to that show, uh, that one show this last spring, uh, it was at a firehouse, and uh, it was just a little small, tiny show. I did a piece on it on our, on our website. There's an article about it. And uh, I was surprised. I mean, they had a how-to clinic in there. They were building a small kit. I think Jeff uh, Grove provided uh, the kit for that show. Um, he, Well, I don't know if he – I'm sure he didn't provide it. I mean, but he, um, he had kits there, small kits for the show. I'm sure the show had him put one together. And – he, uh, you know, these kids were building these kits and they were, they had people walking behind them, showing them how to do it. Just like you'll see at the, at the expo. And, but these were a lot of, there were a lot of adults there too, but there were a lot of young people there Yeah, and they were building their first kits. So I started snapping photos because, wow. I mean, that was, it was something really, cool really to see. Refreshing. It was, it was yeah. probably a dozen kids mm-hmm. building, building kits, yeah. a little craftsman kit. And I thought, wow, this is great to get these people involved. And, uh, you know, this is what we have to do. Um, I want to encourage my uh, – hopefully our granddaughter – my granddaughter wants to come down there and do some more yeah. uh, in the future. And, and we can get her interested in this. And, and, you know, you can't force it on them. And if she doesn't want to, well, then that's fine. Uh, but, you know, at least we can introduce it. And, totally. Uh, so what did you have in mind? Oh, for the uh, beginner kits. Yeah. Or the, or the lists, actually. The list. What would be really cool to do is um, a list for not just one big list, but break mm-hmm. it out. If we could break it out into like uh, the essential weathering list or mm-hmm. the essential tools and things you'll need to pick up for um, uh, like a, scra- a basic scratch building list or mm-hmm. a basic weathering list or basic uh, just a a generic uh, craftsman kit list. So yeah, like categorized. Yeah. Cause some stuff, if you're not really into scratch building, you don't need to order little saws and stuff. You can just right. get a kit, open it up and you're ready to roll. 
But uh, that'd be cool to build a couple lists of essential tools for people who are just trying to get involved, just start it out, and they don't really know what yeah. to buy. Let's do it, man. Okay. Let's do it. We're on that. We're on that. All right. Yeah. Sounds yeah, good. Yeah, we got to build this, man. We got, that's what we're about here ourselves is to bring the community together, uh, a community of modelers, and um, we need to do that. I also had another person contact me this week and ask why we don't do any O-Skill stuff. Well, well, where they? He wasn't mad. No, I he know. Asked, he asked, are there any you know, podcasts and, and um, any websites out there that feature you know, the O-Skill stuff and how to get involved in it? And uh, I was like, well, you know, uh, um, I told him, I said, specifically, we are called HO Scale Customs. Right. But that doesn't mean we're HO Scale. It's just a name that you and I picked before we started. I mean, we are HO Scale. We, we are HO Scale. We do HO Scale. However, the, the, I think a lot of the modeling that you and I show or uh, we, the guests that we have on the show, um, a lot of the guests that we had on the show that are manufacturers also have O Scale product. Right. Okay. And not just that, I think the the modeling that we, we talk about and the hints and tips that we get are applicable to just about any scale. And, um, you know, so it's not – we don't necessarily focus um, on purpose. We don't focus it on HO scale. It's focused to all scales. Right. However, we do HO scale, so that's what we relate to. Um, but I told him that we're going to start trying to get – we may get a couple guests on with those scale. In, in the future here, uh, I have a couple in mind, and I'm going to contact them and see if we can't draw them in um, and see if we can't get uh, get some O-Skill stuff going on. Um, and, and I think you're going to find that when we do, that a lot of it's not too much different than what we're doing with HO-Skill. And you're going to see that they're talking about some of the same exact things that we are when it comes to modeling. Um, uh, I want to personally try some O-Skill stuff. But I, I, I think it's important, though, too, that – you know, we all understand that the different scales, we're all doing the same modeling. Right. So that's it. No, I, I, I think it's great. And I've actually filled a bunch of questions that way as well as to what scale we do. And, uh, and I've, I've, I've done, I've gotten both questions as, uh, what scale do we model in? I get that all the time for some reason. And it's, mm-hmm. it's different if it's, if it's, Hey, do they make that kit in this scale or Hey, have you ever seen something like that in this scale or that scale? That's fine. I think that's awesome. But every now and then I'll get some guy or someone that'll ask me, uh, what scale we model in like right on our Facebook page or something. Well, they just and, go and I always, I'd always kind of like wonder, like, do they, <laughs> do they know what our name is? Anyways, it's just funny. It's just something I no, know. It's like, it, and I also like the ones that, you, I, I'll put a post up of the new show for the week. Oh yeah, and it'll have a photo. It'll have a photo of that that whoever that guest was. Um, we generally put a photo that they have up uh, their permission. Um, we put their photo up with it, and uh, it's like a draw in to hey, go to the site, check it out, listen to it. Okay, and it has a photo of their work, and they'll get on there and they'll say, you know, they'll type in there in the comments, oh, beautiful job, nice job. On the on the kit, I didn't build that kit. That that was built by uh, the modeler himself that we're doing the interview with. If you would read the caption above, uh, it would tell yeah, you the modeler's name. I know they're I, just they're just scrolling through their news feed and just they're scrollers and likers, man. dishing out thumbs. Hit the like they're dishing Hit the like out button. Hit the like button. They're just dishing out those thumbs. 
<laughs> they do that. And then, then, of course, then you get the ones that, that say uh, that don't know what a podcast is. And uh, they'll say, um, I can't hear. I can only hear it. I can't see the video. Where's the video? <laughs> Where's the video? <laughs> <laughs> and then I got to gotta explain it to them. But uh, whatever. I mean, it's all fun. It's all fun. Yes, it's fun. I mean, I, I just think it's hilarious. It's like, and I get that, you know. I mean, maybe if I wasn't in the podcast uh, or listening to podcasts as well, maybe I would I would be the same way. If I had not had a son who was in the technical stuff that introduced me to podcasting, I probably would have no clue, you know. Um, yeah, you'd be so, one of those old boomers. Where's yeah, the video? Exactly. Don't make fun of us boomers. I'm just kidding. But you know, it, it's um. <sighs> so that's that's. Uh, Anyways, uh, yes, youth. In model railroading, we need to do all. We all need to do our part, whether it's in a club or even if you don't have kids. Uh, I don't know. There might be a way to help. Who knows? I think. I think we'll, contact we'll do, the club or yeah. see if you could donate to uh, some kind of a. There's got to be something out there. Yeah, I think what we need to do as HSCO Customs, maybe we should look into uh, helping with some kind of youth program of some kind. Uh, maybe at some point. Not not you know not right tomorrow or anything, but um, some ideas. I, I got there's some ideas. Yeah. Everyone, you know, we maybe we could all chip in as a as a listenership total. Yeah, um, and I'm, I'm not talking about ideas. yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. Anyways, let's stop trying. Let's stop as modelers complaining about it and come up with solutions as to how to get them in. I think right. that's that's how to do it. Right. Yeah. Goal orientation, people. Let's go. Definitely. Uh, so, um, I think <clears throat> what do we have next up here? Um, oh, this is an issue I had recently with, uh, some, some walls. And I think we've briefly talked about it with a couple other modelers in the past. Um, we might've even talked about this, but it happened again. Uh, and I was getting warped, warped walls. Mm -hmm. So we're going to touch briefly on how we fix our warped walls. We've all had that. And I've had some pretty gnarly warped walls like bad they come in i got some stories for you too so let's go it looks like the letter c (laughs) like real bad or it just becomes a giant tube but uh so anyways the good news is it's fixable yeah and if you really want to bend your wood like that there's a way to do it you've you've instantly found the way how how to do it you could make yeah. uh, you could make like the round barn down here in uh, Adams County. <laughs> you got that stupid round barn. Yeah, there you go. Whatever. Anyways, but. yeah. So I've had a, I, I've had it happen. You've had it happen. We've all had it happen where you're working mm-hmm. on something. You you might not put the bracing on right, or you forget to put the <laughs> bracing on. Or the most frustrating part is when you when you put bracing on and the you don't glue it very well. Or you don't wait for it to dry completely, and then you paint it or stain the the wood, and you come down and it pop the bracing right off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. That's so bad. you just got to be patient. But uh, so let's talk about how we would fix it. Um, okay. We've all had it happen to us, and uh, we probably all had to fix it on our own way. But some of the ways we've done it are, um, I think you tell. Did you tell me about the hockey pucks or? Well, here's one I do to prevent it. Oh, yeah. Start. Let's start with that. Prevention. To prevent it, to happen to begin with, um, I, I, I like to stain or um, stain the wall first. Okay. After I, after I um, you know, 
distress it. Any, any, like if it's if let's say we're using a corrugate, uh, corrugated, um, uh, clapboard sided wall. Okay, this laser cut. Um, I like to distress them first. I use a, a file card and I distress it. It's like a wire brush. Right. Okay. And and I'll distress it. Not overly heavy, just enough to put a couple extra lines in it and such. Distress it out a little bit so that some of the some of the stain kind of sinks down in. Um, I'll stain it. Whether you use the A and I or you use um, the A and I wash or you use some kind of wash that you made out of acrylics, which I've found to be very neat lately. The, the model I'm working on right now has a acrylic wash. Um, Jason Jensen uh, has gave me that idea, uh, and he can explain that as a lot better than I probably could. Although I'm starting to pick it up now. Um, you know, what, no matter what you're doing, um, you're putting liquid onto wood, a thin a thin piece of wood. Right. Okay. So. It, as it goes, as it sinks in, it's starting that curl. However, if on the backside, on the inside of a building, this is what I've been doing lately, is I take the Rust-Oleum Camouflage Black Flat Spray Paint, or that's what I use, but you can use any black flat spray paint and spray paint the opposite side first, okay, at the, before you start staining. Um, just a light coat. It's like, you know, six inches off away from it and just a three shot burst. <laughs> no, it's not a rifle, but I'm saying a three shot burst <laughs> with your spray can and, um, you know, like that and get it just so you, you coat a little bit on it. You don't want to soak it or nothing else. And you'll get that on the backside of it. Okay. And you want to turn that It'll turn black. You want the the backside black. What that does is it does two things. One, it seals the backside, okay, and it prevents the curling that you get uh, because it now it can still curl if you it's still going to curl if you over soak it. Right. With. You don't want to over soak when you're staining wood, anyways. No. But it, it'll 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 this will help help prevent that, and um, you know, and it also on the other hand it turns the backside of your wall black. And so that way, if you light the structure up, you know, you're not going to get light shining out through the walls itself. Okay. It might shine through in crack areas or it might shine through where, around window frames and things like that, but you're not getting it to, you know, the light's not going to seep through right away. So, so that's, and I think uh, we talked to Bill Satori and he said about that as well. Um, doing that. I do do that. Um, and uh, so that's one way. And you're sealing the back side of it. So then when I go to put the stain on the front, then I stain the front side and I don't usually have the curling as a result. That's a preventive measure. Well, that's a good one. If you get the curling, that's when I break out the hockey pucks. Yeah. I got some weight to them. I lay them flat after I'm stained, after I stained them or nice and flat. even if I painted them. And then flatten them out with the, the lay the hockey pucks on top of them and walk away and come back a little later on and they're nice and flat. Works out good. Well, you took my idea, but that's what oh, I do sorry. too. Big um, heavy books work as well. Books. Like, yeah, like those big stupid coffee table books and stuff that people give you at Christmas that you really phone, don't, they don't even fit in the damn bookshelf. Or phone that books is. that you don't, well, who, what else can you use a phone book for anymore? You just, you can just yeah. use a, a bunch of old phone books. Yeah, something that's heavy. You they're want pretty, something with weight. They're pretty obsolete. You can use your desktop computer probably as well. <laughs> just kidding. If I have a desktop computer, I'm sorry. 
But, you know, anything with some weight, it's not going to break it or crush it. Um, definitely uh, want to put that on top until it dries out. And, right. Uh, and then pick it up, and then it, when it's dry. Now, and, and I've learned the that. hard way. Uh, this is also a preventative measure. I've learned the hard way with most kits I've gotten. I need to add usually a little bit of bracing because yeah, the bracing some, helps. Some of the some of the, the diagrams, ugh, the diagrams and other instructions that come with kits. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they don't have enough bracing that comes with them, and I've run into issues when I'm staining them, mm-hmm. my walls that even with the bracing down and dry, it'll curl. It curls. Yeah. Uh, and it's always like the edges curl a little bit, and then at that point when the bracing's down, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to put a weight Shit. on like a corner, just a corner. Yeah. So yeah. I've now begun to add more bracing than what's called for on most of the kits, or even some scratch builds. I add way more bracing than what's needed, just because right. I don't want to get down the road and have one spot that curled that's like impossible to to flatten out. Matched corners, yeah. So. It's hard to flatten that, corners out after the fact. And, and I said about the spray painting, it's best. And I, I guess I could have, I kind of skipped it. Put the bracing on first onto those walls, and then spray paint that backside. Okay, so that way you seal the back. Plus, you got the bracing on, and you painted the bracing because you want those braces in the back to be black. Because here's the thing: when you look through the windows. And you see a black wall on the inside, which is wonderful. Right. But you have these bright, you know, wood-colored bracing pieces in there that aren't black. Well, that looks dumb. So, you know, put the bracing on, then spray paint it. Right. That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's uh, yeah. that's kind of a quick topic. But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I definitely have had – I've actually had pieces curl – so much that they um they almost break. I don't know if you've ever had that. I have. I had yeah. a, I had one I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but uh I I stained it. I didn't put bracing down. I was in a hurry. It was actually a piece that I was working on Olga's back last fall. Uh the I I don't know what I did. I was putting I was putting stain down first, didn't brace anything, and uh I put a one coat down, thought it was fine, put a second coat down, and then left it downstairs on the bench right beside the dehumidifier, and I guess it curled to the point where it actually got a crack in it when it dried. Uh, it cracked my my, my uh, <laughs> siding, my my uh, bat, my uh, clapboard siding. I had like a moment where I just lost my train of thought. I cracked my, my, my clapboard siding. Jeez, Louise. You cracked your clapboard <sighs> siding. Yeah, I almost said it cracked my slot board sighting. But uh, yeah, I've had it go that far, yeah. and then or I've been impatient and tried to unbend it manually mm. just with my hands, and you'll, you're inevitably you're going to break a wall doing that, and then you're going to be yeah. even more mad because yeah. now you got a wall you got to fix, and yeah, I it's think fixable. we've all broken it's walls too. And you can fix it so you never even noticed. Okay, I, I, I'll oh, bet right. you I've totally. got. I bet I've got 10 of those buildings on our layout that I've cracked a wall on. And, uh, you know, you repaired it and you can't even tell. I couldn't even find it after I, I finished building the thing, you know. So, you know, it happens. But it's just, you know, you want to prevent it if you can. And, you know, that's what makes us better and better as we start doing it that way. Right. Next is uh, on my layout on Friday night, on our layout on Friday night, was what I was working on, which was roads. 
And, oh, yes, uh, yes. They, and, and they're starting to turn out awesome. Right. But they, it, we, we talked earlier on one of the other episodes about the frustration I had with the roads and the material I was using. Um, there's many ways. We all know there's many, many ways to make roads. We're making more of a concrete road. Okay. With the, you know, it'll have the um, expansion joint lines in it uh, as well, you know, spaced out. But um, I'm finding that this is a really cool method. Um, on flat areas, uh, I am using just the foam base that we use, the extruded foam that's smooth. We talked about that last week. Um, sandpapering it down on rough edges or whatever. Uh, but mainly the top layer on the flat areas, um, if it's extruded foam, um, basically it's ready to paint once you put a primer down on top of it. And, uh, and then you put your paint on your paint scheme over your concrete, whatever shade of concrete you want to go with. There's a million shades of concrete out there. And um, I found that mixing like a gray and um, what's the brown color we've been using? It's made by... No, it's cocoon. It's made cocoon. by yeah, that's that stuff oh, in yeah, the yeah, yeah. in the jar. I will grab it. Real yeah, quick. it's uh, I got one here too. Oh, you got it. It's called. Uh, it's made by Art Mines. That's in the. Uh, it's like it's a made, pint a pint sized jar. Yeah, this is an eight ounce jar. I have a. Okay. They have an eight ounce jar. And they have to have a sixteen ounce jar. And um, they are available at Michael's. And, and you don't have to use this. I'm using the color scheme. So it's more like a, a khaki, um, like a light khaki color. Um, it's a brownish khaki, you know. And, right. And I, I mix that in with uh, a gray, and I get the shade I want, a concrete shade that I like. And, the, you know, you can use the cocoon. Uh, I know that R is a famous modeler out there that turned me to this and I, you know, for his roads and, and they look great. His roads look awesome to me. I just didn't like, I didn't like that shade alone. I want a little more gray mixed in. So I kind of mixed the gray and this together. And, um, and then that's my final coat on top. Uh, you know, put the expansion lines in after you paint, uh, with an exacto knife and a straight edge. And I'll wait till I, painted everything first so that way when i put down the buildings and the sidewalks into the place that they want that i want then i will draw the expansion lines on with an exacto knife and it carves into that foam just perfect i haven't done that yet on this new part of this city that we're working but that's my next step and um but i did it on one of the dioramas that i did recently with uh uh casey workshops uh uh Goober's garage. Right. And, um, that one, I, I did the expansion lines on it and what it, it's really nice. It's very easy. You want to do it afterwards. So you don't fill those expansion lines in with paint. And then you chalk dust, uh, over the expansion lines with like a, with like a dark gray, uh, almost not black, but very dark gray and just kind of light with a thin, tiny brush, just put some chalk, uh, light chocolate, uh, over those lines and it fills in and it highlights them a little bit. And then, um, after I'm done with all of that and I have it in the paint dries and everything on the, on the parts that slope up and downhill on those, when you cut the extruded foam, you get a rough edge. Okay. So I tried smoothing it out a little bit 
and then I take the um, drywall mud or you know what, what we call it. Like, uh, 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 what do we have? Like sheetrock? Ours is sheetrock. Drywall mud. Yeah, drywall mud. Yeah, um, and I put some of that on there and uh, smooth it out. You know, put it on with a small spatula and smooth it out real nice, just on the uh, parts that go uphill or slope uphill through the foam. And then when it's dry, and this is where I was at the other the other night, when it's completely dry and looks nice, and then I take sandpaper. I use a two twenty grit sandpaper on the start, and I finished it off with a four hundred and then a six hundred sandpaper grit. Right. And um, and and got it like smooth as a baby's ass, and um. You know, just kind of uh, that. As my computer telling me, it's going to do restarts. So let's not restart in the middle of the episode here. Thanks. Yeah, please don't do that. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, I did the uh, I did the sanding of it, and then I finished that paint part of it, and got everything to match up where I wanted paint wise, and then I started chalk dusting uh, the roads. And then what I'll do there is I take. Uh, a dark chalk, uh, usually a, a little bit of black on a very, it goes a long, long way because you're doing it on a light brown gray, you know? Right. And um, like concrete color. And I'm putting it just the width of tire lines on an HS scale vehicle. Yeah, you I'm, could quickly go overboard with that. Like, yes. I, get, well, I was watching you do it the other night and it, mm-hmm. like, you got to be really careful because it'll yep. go, it'll, it'll be too much really quick. Yeah. So, and I did that one section got a little bit dark. Um, so what I had to do is I had to use some lighter grays and whites and kind of tone it down, tone it back. Um, but just a thin, thin, small line. It doesn't even have to be a connected line. And you just take a very thin brush, um, a weathering brush of some type and take it right down, uh, make nice thin lines where the tire tracks will be, uh, of two tires and then do it on the other side of the road on you know going the same way you know right and at turnouts and stuff where the road would turn out or intersections kind of curve them out to the right or left uh, you know where the traffic would roll from and um not not too much if you don't want you don't make you don't want to make it look like uh, a bunch of hot rodders 16 year olds were riding out there with their chevy camaros and burning rubber the red lights all the time you know you don't want that all over your roads but you want it to be um you know a, a light faint you know, look like uh, it's not it's it's a combination of not tire marks per se as wear and tear on the concrete or you know the discoloring of concrete where traffic patterns go right and uh, we'll put some photos up as we go here in the future of how we're doing it and uh, that's the key to the roads i believe is how you color it and weather it and uh, make it look like actual roads and then um after you get that done and you you know Put some. I put brown dirt on a very light brown, light colored brown, uh, not real dirt, but um, like uh, chalk powder dirt. Oh, you right. could use real dirt, I guess, but um, if it's very finely ground and um, you know, and dirty the road up, not over dirty, just enough to you know, there's some brown dirt on there, you know, city dust, that kind of thing, and um, and then when you get to that point, then you want to put your 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 yellow or white line or whatever you use down the center of your ridge. Uh, I like using dotted yellow lines or solid yellow lines. And um, I, I do that simply by um, making a template out of a piece of cardstock 
like a index card and uh you know carving out the lines on it and uh and then laying it over top and then and uh hold it down and uh kind of painting it you know just paint it right through that and right i'll show you how that's done or you could put here's the other thing you could also put painter's tape down and um very lightly you don't want to over press it down uh, on each side of your line very thin no more than 16th of an inch and uh use a yellow light uh yellow paint i use yellow uh from let me find the paint charts behind me it's uh cadium yellow by um wait did you say cadium Americana. yellow that's correct is it cadmium 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 yellow <laughs> i don't even know what the hell that is so I, it sounds radi- uh, It sounds like radiation. Yeah, cadmium yellow is what I use. It's by Americana. I like it. It's like the perfect shade. It reminds me of the yellow paint on the road. I, I am very familiar with uh, the yellow line paint because one time I drove through it <laughs> in my on my old, on my last vehicle, and I got home and it was up under my wheel, wheel well. And um, cadmium it was, yellow. It was fresh yellow paint. That they had just put down the Department of Transportation. Thank you very much for Thanks, that. Thanks, PennDOT. With no with no cones or letting us know that it was freshly painted. And I got home and I found it on my tires and under my wheel well, and it does not come off ever. So, but uh, that's a match. I mean, that's a match on the yellow, and uh, I like using that. It'll come out and it'll look bright yellow, and you'll go, "Oh my God, that's bright yellow!" Dull it down. Dull it down. You know, uh, put some put some uh, chalk dust on it with some browns, a light, very, very, very light brown chalk dust and just dirty it up. And it'll take that yellow shine right out of it. And uh, you'll have really nice yellow lines. We're going to get on that at some point. You, that would um, be this would be a perfect. Um, I mean, it's easy I'll do to how to it would yep. be an awesome video. So like next, I'll do one next time you're down here. We'll set the camera up and do a how to on this because it's if you want to film it off. I'll, I'll do it. I'll, well, I will. We'll set it all up. We'll get it down because it's one thing to talk about it. Um, I feel like this is so. Yeah, this is this is such a visual thing that you have to you have to see what you're talking about. Um, so we'll make a video next time you're down here of what you're doing. That'll be awesome. I'll, I'll love that. So yep. So that's what I got today, man. I um, what do you uh, what are you listening to music wise, dude? Well, I was listening to some Shine Down the other night. Uh huh. Um. That's that's what I'm in the mood for right now. Oh, okay. What about you? Well, you, well, I was down in the basement with you the other on Friday night. You had on we had the Lincoln Park music on, and you put it on the Lincoln Park radio station. Oh yeah, and I was like really into it when I got home. And the last two <laughs> two you nights working in Lincoln Park. No, that radio station it plays oh, a mix of all yeah. similar type artists. Yeah, and um, I've been listening to that. Um, and then of course I did a little listening to, uh, Oklahoma Sooners podcast. We also did, uh, our, we listened to our own podcasts, um, yes, which we talked oh about, my God, yes. which we also talked about on the patron only episode. Um, yeah. if you want to hear that, word. if you want to hear that, that's over on our patron only page, but, yeah. or our Patreon page, but, um, it was we'll just, eye-opening. we'll, we'll give you the, the, the brief summary, uh, we went back and listened to our old shows, and it was hilarious. It was just we yeah. couldn't stop laughing. 
So, oh my gosh, we were like, it's one of those ones where you're laughing so hard, I couldn't your work. Stomach hurts, and your eyes, your eyes water. You can't even we, like, you pain. can't even see right. Yeah, you can't control was, your, you can't control your body because you're laughing so hard. My paintbrush is bouncing all over the road because I was painting those roads. You got paint all over. So you got, I was laughing. Yeah, you painted all over your face. It was a nightmare. You had paint everywhere. Yeah. You know when you you have the laughing fit and you're with a friend and you have a laughing fit and you and you look at him and I look over at Brett and we were both laughing so hard that we just keep that we would make us laugh even harder and you know you could it was even hard to breathe and your eyes just keep rolling and you thought you have it under control you stop laughing and you have it under control and you look at him and you're even thinking about it and just thinking about it yeah burst into laughter that makes it, it even worse you can't yeah, and you can't you just can't get control it was how bad we sounded in the first couple episodes of our of oh my word it was awful and, and you know through the podcasting over 42 episodes now we've found that you know we're finding a way to express ourselves without a whole lot of bumbling and mumbling and it still happens you know better audio equipment is helping as well but we're becoming more um we feel a little more at ease at the microphone than right. what we used to and and it's you know, it, we're having fun with it, and like I said, we we were having fun and making fun of ourselves in the earlier episodes because they were horrendous. And I don't know how we had all you listeners even hang on this long. Uh, but I don't know. Based but on thanks. the start of them, so that's it. It was uh, it was. It's amazing we have one listener after all that. <laughs> but uh, no, it was good. It was all good. Um, yeah. So, hey. This was a little bit shorter of an episode. We have a lot going on this week. Um, we will be doing a live, um, not on Facebook, but I'm I'm 99% sure um, I'm going to do a live video for our patrons um, sometime uh, this weekend. It'll either be Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. I'm not sure when, um, but I will do a live video for our patrons. Uh, if you want access to that and all of our other Patreon, uh, I'm sorry, our patron-only episodes you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash ho scale customs and uh have fun over there and you can also join our our overtime at the bench facebook group um once you're a patron um Mm -hmm. we have a lot of great modelers in there and there's it's building it's growing so we're starting to have a lot of discussion in there too so cool things uh it's developing into its neat own little uh group Right, exactly. So, and upcoming here, not this week, um, but the in an upcoming episode, we will have a new miler on as a guest. Uh, it'll oh, be yes. a surprise. Yep, and um, it'll be uh, very, very, very interesting. It'll be something. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be very unique. So, I'm really looking forward to that interview. So, yeah, we got a lot of stuff in the works right now. Of course, the show coming up, and we'll, we won't touch on that. We hit that in the last couple of weeks. But um, we'll be doing a lot of stuff on the show. Um, I'll be there, and uh, we'll have a lot of goodies coming out online telling you about it. Uh, so stay tuned for all that. Yep. yep. And I think I need FDX to get my hands on a new kit. I was thinking about this just now. i got to get my hands on a new building. Um, I have some scratch-built stuff that are, eh, it, it, I need some motivation. So I think, a, I think a kit is in order. I'll dig my hands into one of these kits I got. Or something. We'll get a new kid on the on the on the works for me. Um, I just I don't know. I need some motivation. I'm not finding it with this scratch build that I'm working on, and uh, it's stalled. So I'll pump out some new stuff here soon. I got some kits on the shelf if you need one. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Just saying. So 
So, all right, cool. Well, thanks for listening, guys. As usual, have an awesome weekend. Enjoy the show. Enjoy all our other shenanigans that are going on as well. And um, they look for some new blog posts this week too. I know we're going to be pushing out some new content on the blog. So that's all I got. Peace out. All right, later.